On Easter Sunday, we stood reminded of one of the greatest promises ever made by God Almighty. Speaking to the serpent in the garden, the serpent possessed by Satan himself, the serpent that deceived Adam and Eve, God issued the following, and to be clear, it wasn't a threat, it wasn't a warning, it was a definitive, clear-as-day promise. He will crush your head and you will bruise his heel. Genesis 3.15. Serpent, you will bruise the special offspring of the woman, but he will crush your head. You will hurt him, but he will defeat you. And on that cross 2,000 years ago, Jesus fulfilled the promise. There on the cross, Christ defeated all powers and forces. I said all powers and forces. I'm going to repeat that, all powers and forces. That very thing coming against you is already defeated. He let the whole world see them being led away as prisoners when he celebrated his victory, Colossians 2.15. As his children, as co-heirs with Jesus, we participate in the fulfillment of that promise as made evident in Romans 16.20. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Somebody say, that day is coming. Tell your other neighbor, that day is coming. This truth, this revelation, this powerful promise prompted the Holy Spirit to do a work in yours truly, resulting in a brand new series that begins right here, right now. For the next 10 weeks from this stage, from now until the end of June, we will be preaching and teaching from God's word around the following theme, bruised but not crush. Repeat after me, bruised but not crush. Together, we will go through scripture from Genesis to Revelation, unpacking with a commitment to precise exegetical extrapolation, life-changing, saving, delivering, healing truths from individuals in the Bible that were bruised but not crushed. We will discover that some of the greatest accomplishments in the Bible stood delivered by individuals that were bruised but not crushed. So let me permit me to reiterate what we listed last week. There is a difference between being bruised and being crushed. There is a difference between a bruised heel and a crushed head. Even with a bruised heel, Jesus crushed the serpent. Which means what? I'm going to repeat it. Even when you're wounded, you can still worship. Even when you're wounded, you can still win. Even in your pain, you can still praise. Even when you're weak, you can still shout, I am strong. When you are bruised, you can still do significant damage to the kingdom of darkness in the name of Jesus. The apostle Paul put it this way. We are pressed. We are bruised on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not, we are not. If you've ever been knocked down, raise one hand. If you've been knocked down on more than one occasion, raise both hands. But if you understand that being knocked down does not mean that you are. How many here have been knocked down, but you got back up and you occupied the promise and you pushed the enemy back? If anybody has been knocked down in the past week, past month, past year, you're not listening to this sermon by coincidence. I need you to get ready. Today is not just any Sunday. Today is the Sunday you get right back up in the name of Jesus. And you are about to have 
you're about to have your best day ever. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9. A wounded worshiper is still a worshiper. A bruised Christian is still a Christian. A broken praise is still a praise. A prodigal son is still a son. And no, the anointing is still an anointing. And a messy miracle is still a miracle. So today we begin, real quick, we're going to do just a point on him. A biblical character who was bruised but not crushed, his name was Jacob. Somebody say Jacob. Yeah. Let me read it real quick here. This is speed reading, Genesis chapter 32. Follow me if you can. Here we go. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, hence the problem. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying anything. If you're married, raise your hand. One wife. He had two. You follow what I'm saying? Hence the problem. He, he, this, I'm, hey, I'm careful. I'm careful. I'm careful. Watch yourself. Well, I'm careful. <laughs> Jacob got up and took his two wives, and then he had two additional wives. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything. His 11 sons, this guy did not have a Netflix subscription. No Disney, no Amazon. He crossed the river after taking them to the other side. He sent over his, then he just left Jacob all alone in the camp, verse 24. And a man came, a man came. You have to underline this now. This is where the Hebrew words come to practice here. A man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. So this man shows up. So here's Jacob by himself. Jacob with many wives and no Netflix. He's by himself. All of a sudden, all by himself, it's dark, it's day, it's nighttime, and he's by, by the way, memo to self. If you ever find yourself in a dark moment in your life and everyone's abandoned you, get ready for God to show up. <laughs> find himself by himself. A man shows up. This man does not show up to cuddle. Sorry, California. <laughs> this man does not show up to have a therapy session. No problem with therapy. This man does not show up to drink a latte. Extra foam, please. He shows up to wrestle. To wrestle with Jacob until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match or achieve his outcome, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, all right, the wrestler who started the fight, who showed up to fight, looks at Jacob, messes up his hip and says, all right, let go already. Like, all right, we did this. Let go. Jacob, hip out of place, is wrestling with this guy and says, nah, nah, not now, now. Now, now, now I know who you are. Now I know who you, I don't know who you, matter of fact, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. Ha. <laughs> ah. Ooh. 
what's your name? The man asked like he didn't know. He replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob. From now on, you will be called Israel. Because guess what? You weren't fighting with just a man. You fought with God and with men. And you have won. All right. Bruised but not crushed requires you to wrestle with God. I'm going to ask, I'm going to illustrate this. So help me welcome the man, the envoy from heaven, the man of God, the angel of the Lord. Help me welcome. How you doing? We need somebody. Come up here, Pastor Nate. shows up not just any man we find out in the 30th verse it's an envoy from heaven and he started the fight this is the stuff that people miss even in church they talk about Jacob's blessing and the the scar and the blessing and the limp and all that you miss the fact this guy shows up to fight with him a supernatural being of some sort. There are some that think it's the Old Testament manifestation or appearance a cameo by Jesus because the Bible says in Hebrew he was God and he was man Two words are exchanged here in the Hebrew. So people think it was Jesus. We're not 100% certain. I'm just telling you what theologians believe could be a possibility. It was definitely an envoy from heaven. Another version reads an angel of the Lord or the angel of the Lord, capital T. So, so here it is. Definitely a supernatural being, right? Not your normal cup of tea. So heaven's envoy shows up to fight against this guy. I mean, no, no, no like disrespect. I don't mean like... You, this guy, you know what I mean? I mean, just, I, I mean, for a record, and for a record, you have one wife. Praise the Lord for that. Because, yes, 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 yes. Because if not, we would be talking. It's not how we row here, buddy. Well, stop just distracting me right now. So, heaven started a fight. Heaven started a fight. Why would heaven start a fight? Like, why would heaven show up and go like, all right, we're fighting? Like, who does that? Why would heaven start a fight? God started the fight. God started the fight. Well, why is it important to note that God started the fight? Because according to God's word from Genesis to Revelation, when God starts it, I'm going to repeat that one more time. When God starts it, he will once again, when God starts it, he will. You need to just put a smile on your face because everything that God starts, if God started setting you free, he will finish. Setting you free. If God started healing your body, I'm going to say that one more time. If God started healing your body, he will finish healing your body. If God started saving your family, he will finish saving your family. If God started taking you from glory to glory, he will finish taking you from glory to glory. If God started breaking 
breaking off generational curses. He will finish breaking off every generational curse in your family. Because when God starts it, he will. He will. He is the Alpha and the the beginning and the Revelation 22, 13. He is the author and the of our Hebrews 12. Oh my, this audience is amazing. Like what just happened? Hebrews 12, 2. God is the one who began this good work in you and I am certain he won't stop before it is complete. Philippians 1, 6. Why would God start a fight? No, one more time. The man is by himself. He's by himself. Heaven shows up, special envoy from heaven, to start a fight with that guy. Again, just in order to understand this, you got to go back to when Jacob was born. Who was Jacob? Genesis chapter 25. When the time came to give birth, Rebecca discovered that she indeed had twins. The first one was very red at birth and covered with thick hair like a fur coat. They named him Esau. The other twin was born, that's Jacob, with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So they named him Jacob. The day he was born, Esau, his brother, was coming out first. And Jacob, Jacob, he was twin brothers. His brother came out first. From the moment he was born, this guy was a character. From the moment he was born, his brother comes out first. He, this is a baby being born, holds on to the ankle like, you're not coming out first. I'm coming out first. He literally holds on to the ankle. Hence, they called him the deceiver, the supplanter. This guy is trying to get his way or trying to be in a position that he doesn't merit or deserve. One little thing here. In the Old Testament, whoever was born first in the family inherited the what? Absolutely. So if you're born first, you would inherit the blessing. From the moment he was born, this guy was, even even though he didn't know it, he was obsessed with the blessing. He tried, my brother's going to be born first. He's going to end up with the biggest part of the blessing. Not my mom will try to supplant it. Later on, that same guy tries to trick his dad who no longer can see. And he tries to trick his dad in getting his brother's blessing. And he steals the blessing from his brother by deceiving his dad, making his dad believe that it was his brother and not him. This guy's a liar, a deceiver, a supplanter. That's his name. He lies to himself, not just to other people. The number one person you lie to when you're a liar is not to other people, but to yourself. Satan is the father of lies, the prince of lies. He's such a liar that he lies to what? Himself. This guy was a deceiver, a supplanter. He was a liar. That's what he was doing. Heaven shows up to fight with him once again. Why would heaven show up? Why? Why? Because God was not fighting for Jacob's past. Heaven showed up on that day to fight for Jacob's future. I will explain that and you'll get it in a second. God did not just show up for Jacob's sake. God showed up for the sake of Jacob's children and his children's children and his children's children's children. I want you to understand, God, heaven showed up, heaven showed up. I'm about to fight. 
I'm going to have to fight something. This is more about facilitating a platform, an atmosphere, an environment for him to fight his inner demons. This is about heaven showing up and creating space for him to fight against the deceiver. Heaven shows up to say, I'm going to defeat not Jacob. I'm going to defeat Jacob the deceiver, Jacob the liar, Jacob the supplanter. I'm going to release a new man after this fight. After this fight, you can't confront heaven and stay the same. You can't be touched by heaven and be the same. You can't be impacted by heaven and stay the same. That's why with great due deference, I don't want any more church services that are normal. I don't want normal religious church services on Sunday. I want heaven to show up and Jacob's to become Israel in the name of Jesus. He shows up. He shows up. <laughs> the deceiver, the supplanter. He shows up because I know your future. Heaven shows up and says, this is more, listen, you show up in the ancestry.com account of Jesus. In the genealogy of Jesus, you show up. In order for me to make certain that this thing develops, I'm going to have to show up now in order to secure your next. I'm going to show up now in order to secure your next. I want you to hear me. He wrestled. He wrestled. He wrestled. He wrestled. They wrestled. Put, it, put yourself in your best wrestling pose. That's you. No, it really is. If you want to take your cameras out, that's exactly what's happening inside of you. No, it really is. The apostle Paul says, there is a fight every day between the spirit and the flesh. You're not hearing me right now. Every day inside of you, that takes place. But praise be God that the Holy Spirit is more powerful than your flesh. And the moment you let the Spirit of God take hold of your life, why is there a fight? You're struggling with stuff. You're wrestling with stuff inside of you. Some of you are wrestling with thoughts and ideas. Some, some things that are just drawing your attention. And you're going, why am I wrestling? And listen, I don't want to pop your, your, your little bubble here, but get over yourself. It's not just about you. You know why when there's a fight inside of you? It's way beyond you. It's about your children and your children's children and your children. No, I'm here. I feel the Lord. I'm here to tell you whatever you're struggling with, it will be defeated in your generation. Let, let me say that one more time. Whatever you're struggling with will be defeated in your generation. If you believe it, shout like you believe it. You're fighting be it addiction, be it fear, anxiety, depression, be it bondage, be it something from multiple generations that were left over from your parents and your grandparents. Christ defeated all of that, Colossians 2.15, on the cross. All you need to do is let the Holy Spirit unpack that victory in your life. Because that, do it one more time, get into that post. That's you. Galatians, Galatians chapter 5, I'll make this legal. To wrestle with God means a fight between the spirit and the flesh. A fight between trauma and testimony, between drama and destiny, between the prophetic and the pathetic, between your past and your future, between your will and God's will, between lies and truth, between generational curses and generational blessings. God showed up. I love that. Read that. Read that. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. 
The Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly This is why you're not free to carry out the good intentions. This is why every single day, but when you are directed by the Spirit, you're no longer under the obligation of the law of Moses. You're under the grace of Jesus, which means you win. Somebody shout like you already won. I feel a breakthrough. Whatever you're fighting with, victory is here. Whatever you're wrestling with, victory is here. Whatever you're struggling with, victory is here. Pastor Sam, you have no idea how long I've been fighting with this. The Spirit, capital S, the Spirit of God. If you understand you're no longer subject to the outcomes of the law of Moses. In other words, Jesus paid the price. Go ahead, get in that pose real quick. This is you and me every day. Every day there's a battle. Every day, hence renew your mind daily. Put on the armor of God. Crucify. If you want to follow me, take up your cross daily and it's what we do every day. If you got this, raise your hands. The stuff you're fighting with today will determine your children and your children's children. Where they show up on what list. I wish you got that right there. Oh, man. Let me, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble and I'm going to land this right now. There are two wrestling rings. There's one here. Show them that pose one more time. I just like this. I just like this pose. Go ahead, go ahead. Show that one more time. This is the inner man. Pastor Armando, this is the inner man. This is me. This is you. This is us, right? Every. By the way, the moment you think you're holier than thou, that you no longer have to wrestle. The moment you think you no longer need to pray like you used to and fast like you used to and read God's word like you used to and do God's word because you've been in church for so long is the moment you make yourself vulnerable. Vulnerable. But here it is. There's two venues. There's one here. We wrestle with God. And then there's a venue out here. Let me explain. There are people that, I want to fight devils and demons and legions and principalities. Don't dare fight devils unless you've wrestled with God first. I'm going to drop the mic and walk away. Don't you dare come against devils unless you've been filled with the spirit of the living God who empowers you to overcome the issues in your life. Don't you dare come against demons and legions and principalities unless you know you are under the blood of Jesus and the truth of Christ has set you free. I'm going to finish with one and then I'm going to just, this is going to be difficult. I'm going to warn you. One more time. (laughs) 
Ephesians 6, 12. We don't forget, the internal battle is Galatians 5. We just read it. It's the spirit and the flesh. Watch this. This is the battle for integrity. The Ephesians 6, 12 is the battle for influence. The external battle is about how influential is the kingdom of God, the church of God, Christians in a broken world. You're going to get this tomorrow morning. This is the battle for your integrity. This is the battle for your influence. If you don't have integrity, you can't have influence. I'm going to get in trouble now. I know I am, but it's okay. If right now there's a battle with Ephesians 6, 12. We battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness, right? The reason why California and America is going to hell in a handbasket. The reason why demons and legions are never have I ever seen the amount of diabolical, demonic manifestations. Hell went public. In the past few years, the stuff the devil used to do behind closed doors, he's now doing it on television and in movies and in commercials and in videos and in content and in schools and in curriculum and in teachings. The devil is after our children and our children's children. Do you know what would, Pastor Sam, can we stop the devil? The Bible says, Luke 10, 19, I have given you power. Over all the powers of the enemy. If a holy church rises up, if a sanctified church rises up, if a church with integrity rises up, what does this mean? Show me a church that's full of integrity. Show me a Christian that every day surrenders to the Spirit. Then I will show you a Christian that won't be afraid to come against the spirit of pedophilia and perversion. Oh, you missed it. No, no, you're not hearing it. If you, the devil wants to mess up this area. He wants your flesh to win every day because if your flesh wins, then if your integrity is lacking, then you will not have influence. In other words, if the devil can get, I'm going to say it for the third week in a row, why? Only God knows. If, if as a Christian, you're still watching images on your phone and on your laptop that are not of God, the devil says, I got you because now you won't speak up against the stuff that I need you to speak up on because I paralyzed you. Oh, but praise be to God, paralysis comes to an end right here, right now. Let a church arise full of the power of God. Let a holy remnant rise up. Let a holy remnant full of integrity. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It means that every day you surrender your will to God's will. It means every day you say, God, please, I surrender my temptation, my inclination. I'm not going to do what my flesh wants to do. I'm going to do what your spirit wants me to do. It means that we are about to see a whole, I'm prophesying now. We are about to see a holy remnant rise up full of integrity because they wrestle with God with the necessary influence to kick back on every work of the enemy. I don't know if you're in this crowd, but I'm here to declare Sacramento, California, get ready. There is an army of righteous Jacobs who are now Israel's. I said there's a generation of Jacobs who are now Israel who are about to stand up and occupy the promises of God for the sake of our children and our children's children's 
If that's you, praise like it's all you. Lift up your hands. If you got this word, lift up your hands. It's a heavy word. It's a different word. Show that position one more time, and this time hit his hip. Ready? Hit his hip. Boom. Dislocated the hip right there. Bam. And he still didn't let go. The Bible says that he didn't win the match. Let me break down again. Hebrew, you got to look at the original language. His outcome, what he wanted was for him to let go. To say, I'm letting go of the old man, the oldest, the, the deceiver, the supplanter, right? He inevitably did that the moment he blessed him. Wait a couple of verses. But the moment he hit his hip, he still wouldn't let go. I have a question. Who was Jacob holding on to? Why would you let go? Why do you think he ended up blessed? Because he discovered that I may be broken, but I'm still holding on. I may be wounded, but I'm still holding on. I may be bleeding, but I'm still holding on. I may have gone through hell, but I'm still holding Does anyone here know how to hold on? If you ever held on to God when, you, when your flesh told you to let go, raise one hand. I'd be honest. If you ever held on to God when everything around you said, dude, woman, let go, raise both hands. Have you ever been in a moment where everything in you and everything outside of you said, let go, but instead you... Do you know what happens to people that refuse to let go of God? They end up with a blessing that will last for generations. Somebody should get ready for the kind of blessing that will last for generations. Stand with me. You are standing. Hit him here. Let go, dude. I'm not letting go until you bless me. So wait a minute. The way that I get this guy to stop being a deceiver and a supplanter is not by hurting him. It's by blessing him. 2,000 years ago, we didn't have to pay the price. We got the greatest blessing. The blessing gift of eternal life and salvation. God didn't smack you and I like cheap piñatas. God said, just like Jacob, doesn't matter if I dislocate, you just, the best way to get you to change is by blessing you. So I'm going to bless you with the fullness of Jesus. And I'm going to change your name. Back, there it is. So I'm an 80s kid. As an 80s kid, and I'm from the East Coast originally, right? So on the East Coast, Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, that's where I'm from. I don't know about California, but in the 80s, everyone in my generation, if you were cool, you had a limp.
And the cooler you were, the lower the dip. Like I had friends, I had Alex, Alex and Raymond. Alex, maybe I'll be watching Alex and Raymond Rodriguez. They call us the Rodriguez brothers. And, and they would have like, they would, they, they would for real, because I would be like more conservative, right? So I'd be like, and Alex and Raymond be like, nah, Sam, it's like this. They had their BBDs, their Color Lees, their Pumas, Sway Pumas. Hard Shell Adidas, Run DMC, the whole nine yards. Walk around with a limp. This guy gets a limp from heaven. From there on, he's walking around blessed and with a limp. Blessed. What happened to you? And it, it wasn't like Jacob, now Israel. It's like, what happened to you, dude? Oh, who jacked you up? He goes, jack me up. Dude, I'm more blessed than ever before in all of my life. <laughs> Some of you don't walk the way you used to three years ago. You don't talk the way you used to three years ago. You don't look the way you used to. But praise be to God, you are more blessed than ever before in your life because God.